0: Welcome to Can I Kick It? This is a podcast about film festivals. My name is Jesse Weber and I am joined by
1: Andy Germuga.
2: Number two, Byrne Gorman Stan, Colin Ashley,
3: <laughs> Emilio
1: Diaz.
0: All right, and today we are also joined by writer Emma Stefanski. Hey, guys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, now that we've gotten back to where we were the first time we tried to record this, (laughs) Cullen, would you like to introduce this month? Sure. So it's
2: October. A few months ago, I was messing with the spreadsheet that we have with our episodes on it, and as a joke wrote, Scary Month. It's actually Spooky Month. We're going to have, like, uh, three episodes out of the month of October that are, like, scary movie themed in a way, like, tied to festivals. We found a few, like... Fun loopholes of how to bring it back. Like uh, today, we're going back to the 2006 can that we talked about before. Um, and it's all going to culminate at the end of the month with the spooktacular, where we're doing five movies from five different film festivals that are all horror themed. And then, you know, we get a few other drops like What's Scarier Than a Kajillionaire episode or Dick Johnson is Dead.
4: Ooh, ooh. <laughs>
2: I mean, nothing scarier than mortality, truly. I guess so, yeah. <laughs> but today,
0: Pan's today, Labyrinth, Crimson yep, Peak, the GDT double bill. We are returning to the 2006 Cannes Film Festival competition. This is, are we on our fourth episode, I believe now? Right, yes. Because it's, we did...
1: Southland Tales, um, When the Chicks when the Chugs Barely um, Colossal mm-hmm. Youth Most recently we did Colossal Youth and now we're doing Pan's Labyrinth <laughs> Yeah And this year that we randomly chose Yeah To, to work film by film through. Truly have, no logic will. was applied to it But I yeah also- It's been a lot of fun so far
5: I was sort of wondering, like, what? Why two thousand six? I like looked it up on Wikipedia. I was like, yeah, it's a lit year, but I don't know what other reason. <laughs> I believe
0: I believe the reason was that we did a Southland Tales episode, and then we had someone ask us if they could do a Wind That Shakes the Barley episode, and we just thought, I guess we'll just do them all. Yeah. <laughs> As
2: always,
1: the joke is, we can't wait to get to Babble. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> any any listener who is a Babble stan. Please reach out. I don't... Actually, maybe not. <laughs> That's like a <an> odd <laughs> to be like, that
2: was
4: my number one. <laughs> Favorite movie? Yeah.
3: I mean, if you can see the through line for how this podcast works, is that somebody does something as a bit, and then we commit to it for months. And <laughs> yeah. them yes. I mean, look.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah. This far. But we're going um, to start off Payne's Labyrinth, I think.
0: Yep.
3: I well. I mean, before we get into that, we I think we often talk about, whenever we have a guest, like, what is their history with film festivals? What yes. film festivals have you been to? And have you... Any cool stories?
5: Oh, God. I mean, I, the the thing about film festivals, like, with me is that I'm just... I'm so tired the entire time that, like, people yes. are like, yeah, I went to, like, the these parties and everything, yes. and I, like, drank with these, like, famous people, and I'm just like, I was at home on the bed in the airbnb writing like three reviews at the same time (laughs) Mm
4: -hmm. yeah Uh,
5: that's sort of the experience the full package um but yeah as far as ones that i've been to i've been to can uh i've been to can twice twice i think maybe three i i don't know it all sort of runs together (laughs) uh and i've been to tiff yeah and those are Mm -hmm.
4: mine
3: too what years uh did you go to to?
5: I went in, oh Jesus Christ, uh, I went last year and I went the year before that. I think those are the two years yeah. that I went. So whatever yeah. years those were, tw- 2019 and 2018. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, those are the cans that I've been to. If, if there were. Ever...
0: So we're talking the the shoplifters year and the parasite year.
5: Yes, God, great years.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Would, are there any like particularly memorable screenings that I either can any cool stories of um, just stuff you watch there
5: i mean they're like they do um the director's fortnight screenings are always kind of fun because they're like the kind of the weirder stuff that like they don't put in the competition because they're like well you know the stuffy people won't like that uh so like stuff like um uh climax was last year that Mm -hmm. was at director's fortnight and they actually brought like all the stars in Uh, who aren't like professional actors most of them they were like just Mm -hmm. really excited to be there (laughs) like as excited as we were um (laughs) and when the movie was over they were like stay in your seats like there's going to be a surprise we're all like oh god what's going to happen because like that movie is sort of like rough right uh but it was just like they all got up on stage and they turned the lights like red um and they had like a dance off it was really fun fun. Mm -hmm. so that was cool
2: I believe, like, similarly to being tired, uh, everyone else at the tip that I went to was at, like, the Midnight, mad- midnight Madness of Climax
0: as I was, like, yes. sound asleep. <laughs> and I was yeah. just like, no, That's I'm right. good. Yeah.
4: yeah. That would be an I mean, Yeah, because
0: uh, we, we so were fun. sitting, like, right behind uh, Sophia Butella and right before it was starting, she was FaceTiming with Gaspar Noé. <laughs> right before... That's awesome. Who sent right in, before it... Who sent in one of those... He sent in one of those, like, insane uh, European auteur uh, filmed on a webcam intros that you sometimes get. Like I mean, the one Lars von Trier did for the house that Jack built. Yeah,
3: I mean, before the movie started, is generous. I believe she was FaceTiming while the movie was playing. <laughs> that may be true.
5: That's a good flex. It's just like, I'm in this movie. I I can do this. I can talk to my director while it's playing. <laughs> um the house of jack built actually i saw it can as well and that was a okay. fun screening because a lot of people mm-hmm. uh were out of there out of it right
1: yeah. <laughs> i imagine pretty yeah. quickly too um,
2: Probably, it was yeah. what a movie yeah, yeah. two intense movies climax and the house of jack built it's
5: yeah. true yeah well, that's you know the people have the most intense reactions to movies like I that guess, yeah. it, it's Great.
3: certainly the stuff that keeps you awake during a film festival Mm-hmm.
5: I saw every minute of the house that Jack built. Yay for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: So, I think with that we can now move on to talking about Pan's yeah. Labyrinth, which was a competition um, at Cannes in 2006.
0: Yes. Yep. Do we was this Del Toro's first Cannes
1: That's appearance? A good
0: question. Uh I would imagine he'd probably been there before but it certainly could have been his first time in competition Uh, let's see
2: where does it fall in his like career like is it before Hellboy 2 or after
0: it's between the two Hellboys yeah because
2: I remember when it was like I was like younger when it came out but I remember it being like he's going back to like
3: uh, non-English as he's done a couple of times yeah yeah because he made like his first two movies, and then he made Mimic, which was in Amer in America, which went poorly. So then he went back to s- to Spain, did uh, The Devil's Backbone, which is a movie that is in a lot of ways similar to Pan's Labyrinth. And then he came back to America, did uh, he did Blade Two and Hellboy, and then w- went back and did Pan's Labyrinth, which is a good movie. Yeah, I, I think it might be the first time he was ever at Cannes. He might have done other film fest though.
0: Yeah, The Devil's Backbone was at Locarno. Um,
3: I don't think Blade Two was at Cannes. Sadly, <laughs> yeah, probably
0: not. It, if Can. it was, then we would have covered it uh, in one of our uh,
3: Cannes Blockbuster Cannes blockbuster,
0: blockbuster episodes. episodes. Oh yeah, Chronos. Yeah. Chronos was at Cannes. Oh
3: okay, that's cool.
5: That would have been a fun screening. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that movie.
0: So
3: Emma, you're the biggest Del Toro fan here and Pan's Labyrinth fan, I assume. What do you like about him Am
5: I the biggest Del Toro fan here? Okay. <laughs> uh well, that's cool. Uh yeah, I mean he's great. I love his movies. I mean there are some of his movies that I haven't seen. I actually have never seen Blade Two. Uh I was just talking to yeah. someone about this. I was like, Yeah, I've seen Blade and Blade Trinity Mm-hmm. <laughs> but not like two, which is like the really really good one i guess yeah. right um so oops but yeah i love him i think he's great i love um pacific rim is one of those movies that i'll just like defend until i die like people who mm-hmm. don't like the movie are kind of boring sorry if you guys don't like think the movie but yeah. <laughs> i've
1: not seen it. yeah i, I mean know. yeah I i'm not like it yeah, I'm pretty underseen on Del Toro. Like, I, I, the first one I saw was Pacific Rim, and I was, like, kind of, like, whelmed by it, I think. Like I was like, <laughs> this is, like, a big... It's, like, it delivers, it delivers on what it promises, certainly. Uh, so I can't fault it for that. Uh, and then I saw Shape of Water, and that was one that I was not as into. Um, and, then, and then I watched these two for this. So, like, these, these are, like, the third and fourth Del Toros that I've seen. And I like both of these a lot, okay. um, the ones that we watched for today um uh
0: and yeah it's, it's definitely the most I've responded to any of his movies that i've seen so far these yeah, are really i uh, i was say i had only seen shape of water until uh earlier today and i definitely prefer these two movies to that
5: these are like really good like i haven't actually i hadn't seen pan's labyrinth in a really long time mm-hmm. um probably like seven or eight years i didn't see it when it came out because i was also like a kid and it probably would have scared the shit out of me <laughs> uh but I like I I didn't remember a lot of it and then I was watching and I was like, Oh my god, this movie's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's that got just... a lot of stuff in it. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, that's sort
3: of the experience I have of a lot of Del Toro. It's just like I watch it the first time and I'm like I'm I was I'm into that and then I watch it the second time and then I just remember how much crazy shit happens. Like my favorite one of his is Hellboy Two, which is a movie I think is like great and perfect and rules and has a so good. ton of weird shit in it. But I I think Crimson Peak is easily my second favorite. It's I just like I just like I just like his monsters, man. They just look cool.
2: Yeah, the ghosts mm-hmm. in Crimson Peak look so cool. I'm sure we'll get to it. Um, yeah, Pan's Labyrinth similarly, uh, like it being yeah. out as a kid uh, or when I was a kid, I remember getting it on DVD and like watching it and being like, "This is wild!" Like I don't really <laughs> understand much of it. Right. And, like the mm. only things I like had in my head were like the scene where he, like, rocks the dude with the bottle and when he gets, like, his cheek cut. And I was like, these are, like, the two most vivid images I have of this movie. And then when I watched it, like, the other day, I was like, this frog is insane. (laughs) Giant frog.
3: Yeah, I I certainly, like, also remember, like, because it was nominated for a lot of Oscars. And I certainly remember as a kid it leaving an impression because it was, like, the movie that was in Spanish that was nominated for super a lot popular. of those super yeah. popular and winning a lot of oscars so there's obviously going to be some curiosity from like my part and my parents part but i was a very young child so i do remember my yeah. parents renting it and me watching like five minutes of it and being like this isn't for me this is not for yeah, it's a, for is. me Wait. a child right it's definitely not um, a kids movie i yeah. would not show this
5: to children <laughs> no
4: for sure hey, i don't know
3: maybe you yeah. need to be scared maybe that's what. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah i I
1: also like remember i remember watching the oscars that year and like the i mean i guess in the oscar clips that i remember it was all the like magical fantastical stuff right like it like all the clips were like the the pale man and the and the and and pan uh and and like i don't remember like i was very surprised like how much of it was like a bunch of soldiers in the military operations and like this family and like that it wasn't like all of her like getting stuck in a magical world adventure that like so much of it was set like in the real world. Um, Was, was a surprise to me when I, when I first watched it. Um, And I think the thing that really struck me was like, you know, it's, you go in, it's sort of sets the table for like, you know, it's like a fairy tale or a fable or whatever. And you like get that like storybook feeling uh, from the beginning and then like just the brutality of when the, the general or the captain or like beats the guy in and like, you keep see like, normally they, like, I expect a filmmaker to cut away from that, but he doesn't cut away and you see like the guy's face cave in as he beats it. And I was like, Oh, this is going to be that kind of movie where we get like, where we don't <laughs> cut away from like the horrible acts that are happening. Uh, even though we have a, a child protagonist who is, uh, uh, discovering a magical world at the same time.
5: Both of these mm-hmm. movies are kind of good, like face getting caved in movies. Yeah, is, yeah. <laughs> I <laughs> mean, yeah, I mean, we, we believe
3: we talked about this a little in the group chat before starting. But uh, Guillermo Toro, big fan of people getting stabbed in the cheek, which is a, yeah. a, a, a yeah. weirdly specific oh, yeah, thing a- that happens in a lot of his movies, and it's like not a thing. It's like always w- crazy to see because you never. It's like getting stabbed in the face is not something you.
1: Right, every good and experience. like, I don't like all the knives and stuff are so sharp. I get like, there's no resi- oh. like, they just go right in there, yeah. and it's the like, wow, like that, like it, like the violence is so easy for the perpetrators of the violence to perpetrate, and it's like that. I think I, th- th- I'm sure it's very deliberate on in, on his part, like how how m- much of nothing it is for someone to like stab someone in any of these movies. Yeah,
3: mm. I mean, he's also like clearly a big practical effects person just like a movie magic just like hey what if we could do this effect where somebody has like a knife coming out of their face that would be cool right (laughs) which is sort of what leads to him just like I imagine the thing at the beginning of the guy getting his his face caved in is both exist from like a thematic purpose but I also imagine it was just like isn't it cool that we can make it look like this guy's face is getting caved in and it's just bleeding everywhere
5: (laughs) I always think yeah. of that. I think it's a an interview with some like news channel with uh, Quentin Tarantino, where like there's this woman and she's like, "Your movies are so violent. Like, why do you why do you always have such bloody movies?" And I think like the quote that he says to her is like, "Because it's so much fun. Like, it's right, just yeah. good. Like, when you're making them, to just do that." Yeah. Uh, I remember like being in plays at school, and whenever someone would like get a death scene they would do like the little squib they'd like wear it in their clothes and that was always like fun for them maybe not so much for the audience to see
4: (laughs) (laughs) a
2: child die. yeah
5: yeah
4: (laughs)
3: yeah that's the magic Um, of movie making i
2: think (laughs) i don't know where jesse fully lands i might be the softest on del toro where i'm like into like most of his movies that i've seen and I just but I don't really have like strong feelings like either way like I like talking of like Pacific room, I'm like yeah that movie's cool it's just like monsters and robots fighting it rules it looks great And but I'm like I'm never like wanting to watch it (laughs) and like when I watched these I was like yeah I remember like seeing Crimson Peak in theaters and like everyone I went with thought it was gonna be like a scary horror movie and I was like oh no it's more like a vibe and I'm like into this but then I just like again was just like yeah it's like good I don't really have like a take (laughs)
5: I think you sort of have to be, like, on his... I mean, I don't know. Saying on his wavelength is sort of, like... Mm-hmm. It's sort of an easy way to describe it. But just, like, mm-hmm. like for me, I'm, I love creatures. I love mm-hmm. practical right. effects. And those yeah. are the two things that he also loves. He so yeah, certainly like, loves yep. them, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Let's have it.
3: Yeah, I mean, before this... I, another thing before this podcast started is we were just, like, wondering about Doug Jones and how they met. And so I, like, went on YouTube and I found an interview about how they met and it was basically just, like, on the set of Mimic or whatever. Doug Jones was sitting there, and he was a person who worked on a lot of practical effects, and he just said that Del Toro just, like, walked up to him on a table and was just like, (laughs) so who did you work with? Who were other people? (laughs) Like, did you work with this guy on this movie, and did he do this thing to your face? Oh, that's cool. And they just, like, nerded out about practical effects and creatures and stuff. And there's, like, clearly a love to that in all of his movies. And that's sort of why... Mm -hmm. I love Hellboy 2 the most because it, it sort of has the most crazy things per like minute of screen for like minute of screen time, and so I respond to that the most. And you can just see his love for all those characters and just like Hellboy as a design is cool. But uh, ob- obviously, like stuff like the Pale Man and the Frog and the Fawn yeah. and and mm-hmm. Pan's Labyrinth all has that same weird cool energy just weird eyes man yeah sometimes you want to just want to see something with
5: weird eyes am i (laughs) right yeah Yeah. i love i don't know if you guys know this about me but i like i really like in like bugs and insects Mm, and stuff okay yes you're yeah my brand is strong (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yes but he also truly like clearly loves them like yeah. they're in all there's no movie that he's made that doesn't have like a bug in it mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and yes. <laughs> like the little the stick bug in Pan's Labyrinth is yeah. just so mm-hmm. cool like I want to hold it uh, yeah. the creepy moths in Crimson Peak are just right awesome yeah. um, oh,
2: so I
5: was like bad. writing them down as I was watching them like oh another bug another bug another bug <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's <laughs> good huh? yeah, there's like
2: the when she's like down with the frog in Pan's Labyrinth there's like all the like Scarabs like around her or whatever, like the big beetles. Roaches. Yeah, ro- Exactly. Perfect. Yeah.
5: Yeah. You should so interview like,
3: <laughs> no one day and just ask yes. him about bugs the whole time. Yeah,
5: I would love to do that. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna just put yeah. that out. Yeah, there. Cause, <laughs> yeah, get like Scientific American to publish it like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Matt Gia.
3: <laughs> yeah, because I think I think Mimic is about like fly people, like he mm-hmm. like human-sized flies, which is.
5: Yeah, it's like okay. they're down in like the sewers and they are these like giant like sentient bugs. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Great Would
3: stuff. that be your shape of water just meeting a huge fly man? A huge <laughs> bug and yeah. <laughs>
5: this is why nothing can measure up, you know, for me. Right. That's all. If,
3: if he doesn't okay. have at least at eyes. least 10,000 eyes, then I don't want it. <laughs>
5: <Yeah>. <laughs> If he only has four limbs, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, Yeah, Yeah,
0: I can say, as far as my, like, general thoughts on Pan's Labyrinth, I think, like, the stuff that is, like, the creatures, like, that frog is so disgusting, Uh, the fawn looks so cool, the the rest of the movie around it, and, like, the actual plot, I maybe cared about a little bit less. Uh, I do... I guess the one thing drawing me in there is that uh, I do really like the the actress playing Mercedes uh, Mary belle Verdue yeah. I think I talked about her when we talked about uh, what's Tetra- it called in- the Francis yeah, Tetra, Tetra yes. yeah, so good yeah she's great in that as Vincent Gala's wife uh, but yeah she is rich, and she's really excellent in this too I yeah think. yeah
5: she's so good I, like, I forgot that she was in it when she popped up when I was watching it yesterday. I was like, oh, it's her! Oh! Yeah,
1: yeah, I mean, and, well, like, and I guess to talk about the fawn for, like, a moment, we were talking a little bit about, like, Mm -hmm. that is, like, truly amazing, and, like, especially anytime they cut wide on him Mm -hmm. and you, like, see his legs that are, like, you know, the opposite of what human legs are, like, (laughs) like, and the way that he's able to move and maneuver that way, Mm -hmm. it's, like, just the coolest thing like that you can put on camera and like um, I, I love I, I really like loved like just like watching that character uh, exist um, on, on, on screen um, I did sort of it like the character like the actual character itself sort of like lost me a little bit of time. like like the thing that really did bug me in the movie was when she like did, ate the two grapes or whatever <laughs> Uh, after the very clear instructions that, like, she shouldn't eat any food. Like, he told her, like, one rule, don't eat the food, and she, like, ate two grapes, and then later her excuse is like, oh, I didn't think anyone would notice. Uh, And then he he is like, oh, I'm done with you. And then he comes back later and is like, you know, alright, I'll give you one more chance, and, like, doesn't really have a justification for like, why that it, like, it just sort of felt like trying to stretch the plot out a little bit for me for that. But other than that, like, all the stuff with her interacting with with him was like that dynamic between them i thought was like very mm-hmm. exciting and like when he brings the the man is it the mandrake or the little yeah yeah yeah, yeah like yeah, the, the, the big root, to yeah. her the and it's like i'm gonna fix to your bacon. mom like put it in milk and put blood in there and then like there we go uh like all that stuff was like very very cool to, to see i
5: like that he's not like this warm fuzzy like friendly mm-hmm present i I like that he's sort of a little bit sinister maybe
4: uh
5: especially at first when she like meets him you're just like oh my what is this is this gonna be bad and he never quite like you know lets her off the hook he's always sort of like he's big and imposing and there and he like pops up out of nowhere which is kind of scary um and i like that he's not immediately like you're you're a good guy like for sure like Mm-hmm. It's kind of cool that there's nothing like that in there. Yeah, it's not.
3: It, yes. I would say it's almost interesting to think about the movie that I think is sort of similar but also pretty different in major ways, which is a movie we talked about last week. Coincidentally, which is Spirited Away. In the terms of just like they're both movies, about- yeah, yeah, the yeah,
1: the the big stone creature at the beginning. I was like, oh, this is like exactly the same as in Spirited Away. Yeah. yeah,
3: and just like it start both of them start with just like parents like driving their kids to a place or whatever, but. I sort of appreciate the weird, like, scary cynicism of, like, the fawn character and of, and of, like, the magical world. That it's not just all, like, nice and fairy tale like, that it, it's, like, legitimately really f- freaky and scary. I just, like,
5: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: I just like that it's spooky. Like, yeah.
5: Even the I fairies just... are sort of gross looking. Like, yeah. their yeah. eyes are We're all like, like yeah, weird. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and,
1: like, yeah, boy um yeah and then i guess the other thing at the end like is at the end her, with her and the like he like is like putting her to the test at the end right like she's like cuz she she he tells her to give him the baby and she refuses and then like it turns out that that was like the right thing to do mm-hmm. uh i guess although like i do wonder how much you are, we are meant to, like, I just watched this for the first time, like, yesterday, so I have not done a lot of reading on it and, like, what the interpretations on the ending are, but, like, I do wonder how much of it is, like, well, this is, like, a fantasy dream world and, like, that we are using to make it seem like the true tragedy of this story is okay, just because it is truly, like, incredibly tragic if it's not there, and, like, how much we are supposed to buy into, like, that is a real thing in the world of the movie and how much of it is, like, in her head or... Um, whatever. I, I, that's something I'm still processing, having just watched the movie for the first time 24 hours ago.
5: It reminded me a lot, actually, of um, uh, The Orphanage, if you guys have seen that movie. it's uh, J.A. Bayona directed it. Mm-hmm. I think Yama del Toro produced it. like They're yeah. buddies. Um, there's a character in this named like, office, like Lieutenant Bayona or something, which is kind mm. of funny. <laughs> uh, but that movie sort of ends, and I won't spoil it, but it does end like... Mm-hmm in a similar way where like <laughs> there's a character death and there's this like extension of like what's going on and you're sort of like is this just like a like a dying vision like what are we how are we mm-hmm. supposed to interpret this if you like if you want the characters to get what they want then in your mind right. you can sort of be like yes she's it's real like this is yeah. mm-hmm. this is happening but yeah it's up to you i
3: guess yeah and sort of think of like some of the f- only the, like the few background i know about this movie is that like he is obviously very anti fascist spain as the movie (laughs) as (laughs) most reasonable people would be and as the movie like shows and i guess my sort of interpretation is just like fighting fascism through just like being pure and just like not compromising and not doing bad stuff to make good stuff happen and that's sort of my take on, and th- like I, I don't have any like solid take on like where she actually is because I sort of most of the time think that that's the most boring lens to look at. Sort sure. of stuff with just like what literally happened, but I just sort of read it. I was just like, well, she got what she wanted because she didn't compromise who she was, which is like sort of like an expected ending for this sort of fairy tale. But it's sort of interesting mm-hmm. in contrast to the very dark tone and and like its surroundings so like in many ways you could argue that this was uh, the hidden life of its time
4: (laughs) interesting
5: it is interesting though that like by the end she's not the innocent whose blood has to be spilled to open the door like because she she's attempted to kill the person like you know she's done sort of bad things Uh, and I do sort of like that it's not her reward isn't for being good all the time like her reward is for not endangering the lives of good people like people outside of herself yeah yeah, yes. a cool yeah cause
3: especially because I mean the entire movie is like surrounding like the Marybelle Bardew character and the sort of soldiers in the house is just like it's sort of compromising what you believe is right for the benefit of just like being able to live or just like be having a comfortable life in this sort of fascist society, which is obviously hard to obtain, but through means that don't involve compromising who you are or hurting other people. So it's like, it's sort of simple, but it is sort of elegant of just like, she gets what she wants because she doesn't compromise to the thing that is like promising her a better life. She does what she believes is right.
4: Mm hmm.
2: The uh, this is like not related to what you were just saying, but the fun also <laughs> the crazy uh, it's got the great voice, and I was like, I it had been so long like since I'd seen it, I was like this voice is like, fitting in what you're saying of like it's not like you know it's not like Mr. Tumness or whatever it's like <laughs> intense and it has got like this like crazy like, warbly like distorted voice almost and I was like this is so, cool I'm into this guy
5: yeah I was, looking up uh just like on wikipedia just stuff about the movie and i actually uh learned that doug jones himself did learn the lines in spanish like he's not wow. a native spanish speaker uh but they ended up dubbing over a different man's voice <laughs> and made uh, the right but it was call, yeah. <laughs> uh but it ended up being okay because his mouth movements are in in spanish like it's not like he's just sort of mad that. Right. release yeah. release the I doug guess, jones um, cut also... Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's going to be whatever, like, uh,
2: Star Wars with the old, the you know, non-James Earl Jones guy. Right. <laughs> who even knows his name at this point. Um, but, uh, yeah. Was... Jones also, uh, like, very good. I mean, you are talking about, like, how good he is, like, physically. And, like, the. Uh, it's like the Pale Man, that's what they call him. It's, like, so mm-hmm. crazy looking. Yeah. And just, like, the way he moves. And, like, yeah, the, the hand nice. eyes are great. <laughs> um <laughs> Check out my letterbox review where I say, "Yeah, I've heard of hand-eye coordination, but this is ridiculous." <laughs> um, the uh, <laughs> but yeah, and it's covered. like, you know, we we're talking earlier about like how the movies that we have for like this theme month, in a way, aren't scary; they're like spooky. It's just like even watching it, like, yeah, like, I think I watched it yesterday. I was like, "This is so just scary," and I can imagine like as a kid, just like not being able to sleep after you see the,
1: you know, creepy yeah. skin man. Well, and that, like, that is, like, probably the character that has had, like, the greatest, like, cultural penet- penetration from this right. movie. Like, if you know anything about Pan's Labyrinth, you know about the pale man and his eyes that are in his hands and all that. Like, that was, like, the clips that they showed on the Oscars and stuff. I thought he was going to be in a lot more of the movie than he was. He's only in that one sequence, uh, really. And, like, he only, you know, he he's only active for, like, maybe three or four minutes of screen time. Like, he's not, like, up and doing stuff for a lot. But, like, it is so uh, memorable and so distinctive. And, like, it is, like, such a unique tear. Like, I don't, like, you know. Yeah, yeah I, he- fer-
3: I forget. <sighs> what's the thing he eats?
5: One of the pixies. Yeah, that's
3: so oh, fucked yeah. up. If I, it, he, he eats, like, two of them. Up. He, like,
1: yeah, and then, like, just uh, like their heads that, okay, their, yeah. Their, their guts. Straight yeah, out.
3: like if I had watched that at nine years old, which is like wh- how old I was when this movie came out, I would have. I would be a different person today.
2: I mean, yeah, I, I, what, it was like 2006. I was like in sixth grade. I was like, this is not for me, because <laughs> I think also like <laughs> very side tangent. I think the uh, like Hanukkah American version of Funny Games was out, and I was like, I should watch this also. And <laughs> I was like, no, this is also too intense for me. <laughs> yeah,
4: I imagine
5: yeah there's a um, lot of upsetting things and pans. it's a lot yeah. of it's just horrifying like it's yeah. even more uh-huh. so like crimson peak is very tame compared to the stuff that happens in <laughs> right this. right
2: they're, right oh, i mean um, like
3: yeah i'll say crimson peak is like cooler looking i'll say it is it, yes, yeah it's like
5: it's it's very sleek right. it's like a lamborghini of a movie hmm.
3: yeah I don't um, think I've ever heard. It's, <laughs> Crimson Peak is like a Lamborghini <laughs> of a movie. Like, <laughs> That's like a yeah, very specific. Place. <laughs> was there
2: anything, um, uh Jesse, about like the reception at Cannes for Pan's Labyrinth? Um, they
0: I don't it. know like, anything but... off of the top. Yeah, okay, I mean, yeah, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah. It, it was just, I'm sure
1: well. it was well liked. No booze, yeah. like collages or whatever. i <laughs> Yes, not. it like went on to be nominated for a bunch of. I mean, yeah. Awards and all sorts of categories and all sorts of places. It was yeah. Roger Ebert's number one of that year. Um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Um, did It w- It didn't win anything at no. Cannes? It can? did, it not, did seeing... not win anything, no. Yeah. Um, I guess also, I, I feel like we didn't really talk about the captain at all. I do want to yeah, maybe is... circle back and just talk about <sighs> him. Bad guy. What, a, what a
5: bad man, yeah. I know.
1: <laughs> He's so evil. He sucks. Um, Yeah, and like the he is like the like of the very human menace like in it in in a movie that has such fantastical menace in it uh it it is like that contrast is so clear in how like the evils of like an ordinary man can perpetrate and like bring to you um i think like the way that it depicts that and the way that it, it it contrasts that with the with the more fantastical stuff uh really does sort of sell that home of like This is, like, this is what true evil really is, is, like, this guy yeah
5: um, he he does the most harm in the movie yeah. for yeah. sure Absolutely. Like out of all the scary stuff, like it's this guy who's yeah. <laughs> going around double tapping everyone that he shoots oh yeah. Jesus that's
3: very terrifying uh we can get we can get back to this point, but I just I did find something, and apparently Pan's labyrinth is the longest standing ovation in the history of the Canfield festival it wow. got it got a twenty two minute straight standing ovation that's so, insane. That's that's awesome. so
1: long, oh my god mm-hmm. minutes, a full yeah. seinfeld episode like.
5: <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> the two movies under it are Fahrenheit 9 11 and Mud.
1: Wow. Mud. Mud that's nuts.
3: Mud. <laughs> Fahrenheit 9 11 got 20 minutes worth of uh, standing ovation and Mud got 18. I, and then, that's so funny. And then 17 is a Colin saved the Neon Demon.
0: Hell yeah. Neon Demon <laughs> Um
2: That is like the thing though.
0: Of- is that really true? Because Neon Demon, I remember hearing uh, it was uh he he dedicated it to his wife right at the very beginning of the credits to live and someone just yelled out, "Fuck you live Jesus
1: Christ <laughs> wow Jesus um, so, so that was
0: that was a real mixed reception <laughs> that's so funny yeah <laughs> what an intense thing to say like
2: at yeah. the beginning of <laughs> yeah. the movie starting really uh, can you have... his wife <laughs> yeah yes. that's like uh, I mean the thing we always talk about with like can and like how people r- respond to these like When we do, like, our blockbusters episode, it's, like, everyone's just, like, happy to see something that's not the most bleak movie you can, and it's, like, yeah, it makes sense, like, this movie that's, like, sort of the best of both worlds, like, in a way, gets this, like, you know, warm ovation.
3: Yeah, because it's, like, both, like, artistically interesting, it's, like, has great cinematography, it's, like... It's it's historical in a way because it's depicting a certain period in time and it has a lot of imagination yeah. in it. But also it's like fun and popcorn-y and people can enjoy it. So it's like yeah, it's a it's a combination of a lot of things that probably led to it being very applauded. Fahrenheit nine eleven though, yes. like it's like. I mean, yeah, that is maybe. That's very, I mean, time. it was it was a
1: different time. Yeah. Like, boy, was it a different time. Um, a, can you imagine being Guillermo del Toro and like standing in that room while people applaud you for like I mean, twenty two yeah, minutes? Such a like, sweetheart, I'm he sure would he was be like, like weeping. Me. I'm sure he. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, yeah.
5: that is that's movie like. Was I mean, so people, well
2: received people always like talk about like how you can't like trust the can reaction or whatever. But those videos are so nice to watch. Like the <laughs> good time, like all the safety bros, like crying and hugging each other for like 15 minutes as everyone's curious. it's like yeah I'll, I'll watch that I'll chalk really? that up as a W yeah. there's that uh,
5: picture of Terrence Malick looking like super uh, red faced yes. like in, walking through the audience uh, I mean, yeah, after a Hidden Life was just
2: really cool Lynch uh, crying after Twin Peaks like uh, the first two parts of The Return it's all always good <laughs> um, yeah. the thing you mentioned Emilio the cinematography that was like the thing I think that stuck out the most like I'm very into just visuals in the movies um he's watching like crimson peak and that back-to-back like it had been a while since i'd seen a del toro and he loves like the pan like all the way around like uh back and forth and it works really well and i was thinking of uh like the i mean maybe there's others and just what i haven't seen but like the captain in uh pan's labyrinth and michael shannon in shape of water as like these like tall like so intense so evil like characters and like the camera will just like pan up to then I'm uh, up to them, and I'm just like oh this guy's up to no good, <laughs> and then it's like <laughs> the bit with um, the vials in pants. I'm like this is like good stuff. Like when he finds them like both next to each other, yep. it's like the doctor's in for yeah, it.
5: Yeah, it. I love how he always is like. He finds, like, the one thing that, like, yeah. the people sort of forgot to cover up. He's always there. He's always got, like, the lock that wasn't jammed or anything. Oh, yeah, that didn't get broken.
3: Yeah, that's...
5: Yeah. And you're it's like, so. you know. they're You know. They're like, oh, fuck, they're fucked. Oh, no. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah.
3: Um, yeah, and then... Yeah. It, it won Best Cinematography at the Oscars that year. Good call. Who's well, the cinematographer? Guillermo Navarro. By... Who, he, who yeah, yeah. Del Toro he... did all of his movies till... Uh, Pacific Rim, and then Dan Lautzen did the other two. Yeah, right. Yeah, but yeah, they're both great cinematographers. It beat Children of Men that year, which I maybe should would have picked, but uh, it Pan mean, Vabern- What year? This is '06. Yeah.
2: I mean, there's like other stuff that probably wasn't like New World was that year. <laughs> like,
5: mm. I mean, but, none of neither of those movies have a giant toad in a I, in a hole. Fair so. play.
2: Yeah. Just yeah. saying. That like shoots out a <laughs> giant yellow like husk and <laughs> deflates in the background it's so gnarly Yep.
3: yeah it's crazy yeah. so do we want to move on to talking about crimson peak
2: yeah <laughs> sure sure Let's this is one. where the spooky of spooky month comes in is crimson Peak*. yeah boy you get ghosts all over the place <clears throat> you got haunted yeah. houses blood clay blood colored clay oh that yeah. is yeah this movie's got so much good red um, yes. And like exactly. rivals, yeah. like Last Jedi with like the salt planet or whatever, like all the clay <laughs> that they're doing up. That's so. Weird. I was like, this is nice
1: looking. I wonder if like he saw if Ryan Johnson saw. Cruiser I mean, hey, and was like, I'm gonna make. A I like that, that color. I'm gonna put that yeah. color. In
5: yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: He
3: saw the village. It was like bad color. More like good color.
1: <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, so this one, like, I didn't see this at the time, and I recall it was, like, very under the radar in general, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it was, Yes. he had done Pacific Rim, which was, like, a big hit, and, like, did well enough, especially worldwide, to, like, marry it, a sequel it was, or whatever. I wouldn't you know. say it's a, it was a hit, let's say it. It was a hit, yeah. yes. Um, it did, yeah. And, I, yeah, it was, I think, yeah, it was a big enough hit that was, like, on the line of, like, will it get a sequel or not? And then they did, and then we don't have to talk about the sequel. Um, the, and then he made, and, and so then he made this, like, I guess the script had been kicking around, he'd been kicking around the script for forever, as he is wont to do, right? He's always one who has, like, a million projects, like, yeah. that, like, mm-hmm. any one of them could go yeah. at any time. I will, well, I yeah, feel it's more like a bunch of projects bunch
3: that of none, none of them seem like they're ever gonna go at any time. <laughs> <laughs> he keeps talking true. about them, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, right. And, because, yeah, he is also, like, he also has that image of being, like, he's a big voice for film, like, out in the world. And he, like, yeah. always likes to talk about, like, past directors and past movies and stuff. And... Uh, and 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 I think he he talks a lot, and so then he talks a lot about like what kind of projects he's doing. It was just maybe why we always hear so much about. I mean, it was like those the projects. It, that it was, I mean, it movies. was like the
3: thing where he was supposed to direct The Hobbit, and then at the last moment, he he did right. not. He got fi- he got That's like fired, right. and then he was trying to make At yes. the Mountains of Madness for a while, and that also didn't ne- yeah. never happened. And he just like,
5: he's really um, one of the most like screwed over directors that yeah. has been yes. so successful, even like. You right. look at his career and you're like, right. he's had so many hits, and then these people keep like steamrolling over him. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of crazy. It's crazy.
1: Um, yeah. So yeah, so he yeah he gets this made, and then like it kind of comes out, and like doesn't really have much of an impact. Yes. I guess it's like it's it gets the like it was mismarketed label pretty cool. early. Like yeah. a lot of people are mad at it because they were expecting like a like a big spooky scary horror movie with like with like jump scares and stuff, which is not really. And so mm-hmm. then, but then there's like the people who like love him, who are like this movie is awesome, and you all are like don't know what you're missing. Is sort of like the impression that I got, and I never got around yes. to seeing it until today. Um, and then I liked it a lot. It's a really cool movie with a it's lot so of good. very cool stuff yes. to look at, and a lot of like fun big performances that you of the kind that you don't always get these days. Um, and, uh, everyone doing an accent, most of who, which is not their own. Uh, right. and, uh, it, it, it takes place in Buffalo randomly, which I was not expecting at the beginning. Um, yeah, I really liked it. Who, who, someone else want to talk about?
0: Uh, that is interesting about the, what you said about the accents. Is Hiddleston, I guess, the only one of, like, the four main leads who is doing their natural accent? Because... Mia is Australian, right? Yeah. I think so. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And then Chastain is American doing British. Chastain's so Hanem well. is listening. British doing American. Yes. I She's was so, so into this performance when I watched <laughs> it again.
3: It's a vibe. It's a sleigh. It's a whole-ass mood. Yeah.
5: <laughs> <laughs> it does sort of exist, like, between the two things that people expected it to be. Like, it's not a romance because you know it doesn't really work out (laughs) Uh, but it's also not really like a scary super scary like horror movie either Um, I think like Mm -hmm. I remember like reading a lot of people like defending it being like it's not you know it's not what people wanted it to be so people didn't like it Uh, and it's classified mostly as like a like a gothic like horror or like a gothic romance because it's not really like nothing you know good (laughs) happens to the main characters Um, mm-hmm. But it's sort of, it's subtler than, like, your classic just sort of haunted house movie. Exactly, yes.
1: Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. It was what, like, I, like, had ha- ha- knew sort of of that reputation. And then, like, again, with the opening, when it was, like, a big book opens and says Crimson Peak in it, it's, like, then you know, like, oh, that's the kind of movie I'm yeah. in for. Mm-hmm. Like, where it's, like, oh, it's based on, like, an old, like, leather-bound book is, like, the the thing that we're, su- we're uh, suggesting here. Um, and
5: it's also, like... It's sort of like Re- like Rebecca with ghosts. like that's essentially mm-hmm. what he yep. did. like he made Rebecca. He made his version uh, of that story. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's also like you know something it's a little bit classical, like it's a little bit more archaic than I think we're used to. Yep. <laughs> so it maybe mm-hmm. didn't read as well uh, with. Yeah. wider audiences Does yeah i mean talk? my relationship with it, it was like yeah the an
3: entire like cycle of release and people being like fuck this movie and then me like no nah, it's actually good it happened and then i just like randomly watched it a couple of years ago i was like yeah this is great i like everything this movie is that's doing so it good. looks so good that's which is my main it looks yeah. so it's good. like one of the best looking movies i've seen i think which is it, like i've seen a lot of good looking movies but and but I yeah, I, I, yeah. <laughs> I watch a lot of movies, Andy. I, I really don't. Um, but I, I rewatched this like yesterday, and my take now is this movie's scary. It's actually like it's like pretty scary. I don't know what people were on. Like if you watch like the last like, I think, oh, this is a take I think I've heard before. I don't know who's ma- who's made it, but I certainly agree with a lot of the time is that people are who like have weird reactions to movies. They're often thrown off by like the beginning and I think this is a lot of what happened to this movie where like the first 40 minutes of this movie are very much just like sort of period PC like romance it's
1: like little yeah women. like little women like it's like <laughs> right
5: she wants to publish her book and no one wants to publish right. it because she's yeah. a girl yeah.
1: and her dad like doesn't approve of him and <laughs>
2: yeah. I, yeah they were like it needs to have a romance so i was like this is little women <laughs> <laughs> yeah
4: exactly
2: yeah
3: but it's like once she gets to crimson peak it's like the movie is like pretty scary and like creaky doors yeah. and like spooky things happening in a way that It's, like, pretty effective. All of of the ghost effects look really good, especially... The ghosts are so good.
5: These are probably my favorite movie ghosts, I think. I've never seen ghosts like these before, and I think about them a lot. Because, like, the first time I saw this movie, it scared me up. They really freaked me out. And, like, Mm -hmm. after you've seen it before, you sort of know what you're in for, and you're like, okay, but... I, I love them so much.
0: Yeah, like the red... they kind of look like the Red Skull. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. I mean, well,
1: yeah, they have like the clay quality to them, right? Right. Like they're yeah. like tied in with that element, so you do feel like that tactile, like oh, this is like of the earth, but also not.
5: I like, love that. Push and pull. I love that you see even when they sort of go transparent a little bit because they're sort of like fading in and out. But I love mm-hmm. that you always see their bones. There's yeah, never right. like there's the skeleton is always present. Um, Mm. the shape like the flesh and everything maybe not but um, that's awesome like that's I love that skeletons are always good there's someone I was talking to had like the two
2: opposite takes of me where they were like uh, the ghosts look bad and I was like no they're awesome looking it's so cool and then I was like the Chastain performance is great and they're like yeah it's too much it's like Jake Gyllenhaal and Okja and I was like oh another great (laughs) great performance
1: yeah I mean yeah there's no other way to play that character than the way no. that she plays I mean, that character.
2: She's like <laughs> slamming the pot of like, you know, gruel around or whatever in the kitchen and just like being so catty. Man, it was so good. Yeah. Jessine is also just like such a weird presence on the internet that like watching this like post her like <laughs> <laughs> vlogs or whatever, I was like, she's a weird one. I'm into this performance so much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
5: I love her character's introduction where she's playing that, like, really intense song on the piano at the party, mm-hmm. and she yes. has that dress on with, like, the mm-hmm. back that sort of looks like a spine. I noticed yeah. that this time mm-hmm. around. That was really cool. And then she looks, like, f- so frightening. Like, nothing yeah, about her like, is, like, warm or anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's yeah. Got,
2: like, the very, like, the dark hair, which is, like, weird for her. Yeah. it's good stuff. Mm-hmm.
5: They both they colored know. their hair for this. Yeah.
2: Yeah, right. Both and, like, and get like, the nice, um... Klasikowska-Hiddleston reunion from, like, Only Lovers Left Alive, mm-hmm. and uh, watching it this time, I was, like, ready, like, just, like, uh, I'd seen it in theaters, like, when, like, when Andy didn't, I guess. Um, and then I was, like, uh, I forgot Charlie Hunnam was in it, and I was, like, that's such a wild thing that he, like, him and, you know, GDT or buds from Pacific
1: Rim, and he's, like, yeah, come be yeah. in this movie. Yeah. It's, like, what a... The amount of yeah. Charlie Hunnam was, like, weird. I was not <laughs> expecting, like, the exact amount of him that we got, yeah. Like he it was, was like, like not quite a cameo, but it was also like not quite a full presence oh, yeah. in the yeah. movie. I was very interested yeah. in how much. Of yeah, it, he, right? he's
3: perfectly casting it as a guy who who is like, yeah, I guess he's handsome, but uh, I'm not into him. <laughs> right. He's into <laughs> yeah. eyes, I guess. Like,
1: yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. I mean, the, the casting. I remember the casting of this movie because I think Hiddleston was originally Cumberbatch, that and awesome. I know, I know. Uh, Mia Wazakowska was gonna be Emma Stone and that's like a weird chain where like Emma Stone drops out of Crimson Peak to do Aloha. <sighs> so then Mia Wazakowska drops out of Carol to do Crimson Peak. Wow. And then Rooney Mara, who was the original choice for Carol, gets looped back in. Wow. Sliding doors, yeah. So yes. I know.
5: Crimson God. Peak really affected Hollywood in mm-hmm. a huge I mean, way. Yes.
0: yes. He's got Byrne Gorman, you know,
2: which, what a guy, what a name, Love what a face. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. and I was saying the casting, like, his next movie has got, like, a crazy stat cast, right? Yep.
0: Yes.
3: I mean, it's, Rooney Mara is in it, yeah. Blanchett, uh, so he, Kate Blanchett, so he, he, he yeah. got, he got the final, yeah. like,
2: He's got the last laugh against Tom Haynes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, be funny if they had a real rivalry and they were like <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah br- uh, could, I mean you can start a rumor <laughs> start some beef that doesn't exist between the del Toro and Todd Haynes two like extremely nice seeming men <laughs> yeah
1: mm-hmm. yeah Bradley Cooper Bernie Mara, Mary Steenburgen Willem Dafoe Ron Perlman Ron Perlman yeah.
3: should have been in Crimson Peak it should have just been like
1: he
2: should have been. He should have been like some guy working on like the the clay, you know, yeah. construction. He's like, we can't handle this right now, or whatever. He should have been.
5: No, he should have been Hiddleston's character. He should have been the love. <laughs> that's I, I, you know,
3: I think that's that that would been be good. <laughs>
2: That would be such an insane movie. <laughs> oh my
1: goodness. I mean, yeah, throwback to like, yeah, when when he was Beauty and the Beast on TV or <laughs> yeah, I mean, a gothic like... romance between
2: Mia <laughs> and Ron Perlman that's in 2015. True.
3: Yeah, <laughs> let's do it. That's
2: so crazy. Yeah.
3: I, I can't uh, imagine him doing <laughs> a British accent. I can't imagine him trying... <laughs> oh I mean, uh, So, <laughs> uh,
2: just all what? Yeah. Him co- I mean, I do, uh, I will only be
3: able to think about this from now on. With, like, (laughs) like a top top hat being, like, (laughs) m'lady. Yeah. Yes. I mean, yeah, we (laughs) talked
2: about, like, uh, so, yeah, I saw this in theaters, and it was, like, I did, I was, like, into the vibe, and, like, as everyone, like, talked about it, like, there wasn't, like, discourse at the time, but it was, like, what you were saying of just, like, uh, people were, like, it's not a horror, and, like, it was sold as one. And then people were like, "Yeah, but it's still good or whatever." Um, and then when Shape of Water came out, I was like, "Not as into that." I was like, "People like kind of are sleeping on Crimson Peak." I was like, "This one's a good one." People need to reevaluate. And then when I watched it, I was like, "Yeah, this mm-hmm. is good stuff." We talked about the sink. The face bashing is so wild. Oh god. Yeah. All that it's water. Jim Beaver's yeah. poor face. Yeah.
1: And again, the red, like best use of red, like I mean, in the movie. Yeah, that's is, like, really there's, like five. Of the there's like five different co- competition pieces for like best use of red in this movie. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's got to be the much... ghosts how much red he uses, yeah. yeah. The uh, scene where uh,
5: she goes down into, like, the basement, the creepy basement with oh. the, like, cisterns mm-hmm. or whatever, and she pokes the big stick into the clay. Yeah. It's, like, exactly the right consistency to sort of be, like, oh my god, that's yeah, the grossest. Look, look, I, right. I don't want to touch that. Yeah. I don't want to look at that.
2: Is it alive? or? <laughs> yeah. Like... <laughs> yeah, I mean, and then we talked about, like, the stabbings. Like, when she stabs Chastain, and then Chastain stabs Hiddleston like, under the eye. And you see him as, like, the ghost later on. And right, again, yeah, the, 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 the Hillston like, ghost. Looks, like, yeah, really cool. I was going to say, the Hillston
3: awesome. ghost is maybe one of the best pieces of visual effects I've ever seen in a movie. It's just so cool looking, just, like, his little, like, thing bleeding and her, like, touching it and, like, the blood yeah. coming to her hand. Talking about stabbing, also the weird Charlie Hunnam getting stabbed in the armpit. Oh, like, under the, yeah, the armpit, that's so wild.
2: Right. And, that's great when she like, falls into the snow, like, off the banister.
3: Oh, yeah. A, yeah. Yeah. Lots of good sound design, I'll say. Because that one is like she hits oh, the yeah. wood hard okay. and then she hits the stone. It's like, Pff! it's a very good sound. Yeah. The creaking of doors <laughs> we talked
2: about. It's, um, the, uh, there's the scene. Oh, no. Uh, Doug Jones, he did all the, like, uh, like the ghost of, like, the mom and stuff and, like, the red face ghost. And it's just, like, another, just, I mean, I that one I imagine is more, like, uh, computer-generated than, like, what he did in Pan's Labyrinth, but it's just, like, such a cool look, like we were talking about. And it's, like, the thing, it's weird to, like, talk about these movies where it's, like, they're not, like, super plotty or whatever, and it's just, like, everything about them is cool. And that's, like, all I want to talk about right now. It's, like, this part also looks cool.
1: This, as well, cool too. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, yeah. The plot, like, like, it's pretty obvious pretty early on that, like, their siblings like that or that or and but that that, they're all, that the siblings are like interested in each other in ways that are not w- right. the ways that should they should be interested in each other and like the movie's not like it like doesn't present that as like a huge revelation that like should shock you out of your seat or whatever um i mean it yeah it, it, I, I did, does, I,
3: cause I, it has like the line where she where <coughs> like she finds out that they're sleeping together and then she's like oh you're not brothers and sisters and then before chastain pushes that she's like no we are like, oh yeah
5: we are <laughs> We're yes. the show. i remember seeing this in the theater and like there was a pretty packed theater and that moment where she walks in on them in the bedroom and like chastain has her hand down his pants everyone just sort of went oh my yeah, god right. <laughs> yeah, i
3: mean that's a crazy mo- especially because of how it's lit and how they're like both dre- it looks like the weirdest cover for like a romance novel because it's just like moonlit from the back. He has like his shirt half off so it's like white and like shiny and it's just like crazy that he chose to frame th- what was happening there like that. But Del Toro's a freak and I appreciate f- him for it.
5: I mean, they're both hot. Like, who who cares? You... Yeah, sure. <laughs> That's cool. Good for them. Yeah,
3: Good for them. I think um... <laughs> <laughs> Spinging i away. am on
5: team sharp and crimson peak i think they <laughs> should the siblings should get whatever they want
1: <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i yeah i was like surprisingly into like the first section in buffalo i like mm-hmm. like was like really like i'm into like like i think jim beaver's like really good in the movie He's um as the, as the dad yeah that's um, a good performance like real stuffy yeah, uh, and like it, like is everything you want that character to be, uh, him being like I like to come to the gym early because no one's around or like <laughs> all that stuff is really good, um, uh, and uh, when Hiddleston first comes in and he has his like little model, I loved that like the the turning it on and yes. like you can tell it's like running on a little gas or something and then like he tells him to turn it off and it's like do you have a real one and he's like not yet like all that stuff was like very fun and I like was very like I it had me pretty early on it did I think I feel like I lost a little bit of interest like sort of like towards the top of the second hour uh, like in like the beginning of the, her time at, actu- at actual Crimson Peak but then sort of, it got me back like mm-hmm. especially like once she was like poking around the basement and discovering like old uh, phonograph records and all these like yeah, all that stuff great. was I mean that specific good.
3: section you're talking about is the most like horror movie part of it of just like Am I just crazy or are there ghosts here? And it's just like that beat played like three times, but you know, the ghost looks cool, so that's okay. There's, like, there's, I think, I forget if it's like at the beginning, like more towards the beginning when there's like the flashbacks or if it's in that part where she's just like in the bathtub and then just like the hand with like the long oh. finger like touches it and it's like, that's, so that's crazy. That's such a, I was like, that's a great hand. That's a great freaky hand. Yeah. You love to see it. Mm-hmm. Also
1: loved the motif of like her saying like the ghosts are a metaphor a bunch of times mm-hmm. in a movie where like the ghosts are like, not a metaphor. Really just a metaphor in the <laughs> yeah. movie. They're
0: like they're like ghosts that yeah. like are gonna yeah. fuck yeah. your shit up. <laughs> like <laughs> um, That's the other funny thing about the Charlie Hunnam character is there is just the scene early on where it's like, by the way, he believes in ghosts too. We just need to make that clear.
5: That that he that, that was like the, a
0: weird, the glass uh, <laughs> like very much felt like a non sequitur. Yeah, yeah.
5: Just to you know let everyone know he's on her side. He's a good guy. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. he He's a
3: doctor. Her. He's a man of science, but also ghosts. Yeah, yeah. I
5: mean, a, a I man of that. science and ghosts. We love them. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah.
2: I do like that. Like the crux of this like weird horror movie is just like a deed being signed. It's like almost yes. like. Not uh, it's not like an anti horror, but like the idea of people like going in expecting like, you know, <laughs> jump scares like you're saying, and then getting like sign it is like very funny <laughs> to me. Yeah, I mean
3: it's like, I I did make a joke about g g g g ghost, but it is like sort of Scooby dooy <laughs> Yes, that's a yeah. good goal. Yes, in like a certain mm-hmm. in, like a certain sort of way.
5: Chastain's like and I would have gotten away with it too if it wasn't. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's
3: unironically the energy she has in this movie. Where she's just, just like yeah. She's, yeah. Mad, she's, she's mad at everyone so for like interrupting them. I <laughs> yeah. love the
5: scene at the end, like at the climax of the movie, where she and Mia are running around the house. Like she's chasing her, and they're both in these like really flowy gowns, and it just looks mm-hmm. really cool. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, you're just thing, having yeah. a great time watching it.
0: Right, and that's where there's not quite jump scares, but Chastain just just keep, like, popping out of different places because yes. it's so foggy. Yeah.
3: Uh, it's also, uh, uh, yeah, it's I also it's crazy right. that it's a movie that ends with one woman hitting another woman with a shovel. <laughs> I, that's what she it is. snaps I, that's,
2: her I, neck. I love how it's, like, very... <laughs> it's insane to say because it is, like... I guess, like, what he lacks... Or not lacks, what he's, like, not getting in, like practical like monsters or whatever he's making up for like these crazy looking sets and like props and like all the costume design is insane but it's like very low-key where it's like yeah he just like hits her with a shovel and that's how it ends or whatever it's very funny yep
5: she makes her like turn around too like, yeah hey. yeah it's like uh what's behind <laughs> you uh, <bomb. laughs> I do think that like he sort of substitutes c- like the creatures for like Sets and machinery, especially yes, like right. when those like mining things are finally yes. built mm-hmm. and they're turned on, they have that like like all that all the like clunky like machine noises are really like, yeah, really good. And, mm-hmm. stuff, yeah. mm-hmm. and listen,
3: I'll have the controversial opinion here. I thought the clay looked cool and tasty. That's what I thought. I was like, this looks like-. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> look like raspberry tasty. I was yeah. like, this looks like raspberry. You know, <laughs>
0: it's like dirt. <laughs> listen. <laughs> It it's... <laughs> look cool and it's easy. got kind of a red velvet vibe. Oh, we can't.
5: That. <laughs> like cake batter. Yeah. yeah, tasty yeah. things out of that. Yeah, I was. Can't wait. I, I mean,
3: how tasty the dirt looks. That's what you look for. <laughs> listen, I looked at it and I was like, I wonder how that tastes like. <laughs> <laughs> That's...
4: You know, the version uh,
2: (laughs) where Ron Perlman is Hiddleston, he eats the clay, no question. (laughs) He just grabs a handful. (laughs) That's it. He he goes
1: out and goes for a swim (laughs) in it every morning.
5: He's
1: like, yeah, this is good. This is pure. I do like that, like,
5: like, it's like clay, but it's not really clay. Because, like, the clay that I'm used to is, like, sort of solid.
1: And this is very liquidy. They say, like, it's, like, a, it, when it's in a special, like, treated liquid form or whatever, it has special properties or something. It's, like, non Absolutely, yeah. right. It's, like, magic. Yeah, it's special magic. Yeah, And, that and I
3: really like how, like, the house, right. it's, like, whenever it's in a wide shot, it looks very cool. But whenever it's, a, like, in a close-up, it looks very shitty. Like, the clay pouring through the, through the floor and just, like, the yes. bugs everywhere. Oh, yeah. so
5: goopy. Yeah. yeah There's like When she goes down to the basement It's like running down the walls too There's like yeah. streaks of it coming down That's yeah. awesome And then, and then, the, then the house has a huge hole in it Yeah Yeah yeah
2: yeah It is a very decrepit house And the, right. that does And like, like
1: the... early on When she's like Can I have a key And Jessica Chastain's like No you gotta learn Where you yeah, can go And I mean, where you yeah, can't yeah, go Before that's that's you get yeah, the right Yeah
3: I mean That's what, like the tone The movie is operating I can't see why people Won't have fun Where which, like, Yeah I just need some house keys And she's like Keys <laughs> <Yeah>. For you, <laughs> except she's
2: like saying it in like a Mrs. Downfire
5: voice. Like her
2: voice is so crazy. The accent work she's doing. Yeah, um, I, mean, I did right. love.
5: <laughs> I did love when it's, they like kind of come back to the house and Hiddleston's like carrying her through the door, and then she's like saying all these things like, "Oh, it's so cold. It's so dre. Oh, the walls are sort of." And he's like, it's like yes, it's, you know, it's a very old house. Yes, it's." the there's floor the floor, the house is sinking or whatever i was just sort of laughing like girl you made a huge mistake right yeah, yeah. Like
1: a bit off more than i can do yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah you know the wind just like howls yeah you. you're just right. gonna have yeah. to get used to it, yeah. <laughs> it, it it's <laughs> the gender reverse damn that you live like this <laughs> 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 yeah,
3: yeah. <That's> <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's a it's a good fun movie. That is my take on it. I like watching it a lot. Yeah, the candle lit, lit stuff and like towards the beginning, that also looks
1: very good. Um, mm-hmm. The yeah. set, the the. Dr- oh right, when they dance with yeah. the candle yeah, oh, yeah, that that's that's the first <laughs> thing that
3: when when we said Ron Perlman should be in it, that scene but with Ron Perlman. Yeah, that's so right. funny. <laughs> <laughs> I bet he could cut a rug. I the bet he's a good walker Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's Ron Perlman has to be like four foot
2: taller than <laughs> <Moussica>.
5: <laughs> I do love that scene. That whole like setup at the beginning is so perfect. Like, it's perfectly like he romances her perfectly. Mm-hmm. The scene where they waltz together is just yeah. like, oh my goodness! Very like I'm, sweet. I'm like, right. you know, one so of those sexy, people suddenly well. who's like, oh gosh, I was born in the wrong time, wasn't I? Like, <laughs> no, no, but watching this movie, yes, I wish this could happen to yeah. me. <laughs> I
3: mean, it's like I think Colin has had a, a said before that he enjoys every opera scene, and I think I enjoyed every, oh, I, oh, well. I enjoy every <laughs> waltz scene I see. Every time there's a waltz, it's always <laughs> good. Yeah. Uh, Age of Innocence Anna Karenina this waltzing we should bring it back what yeah people
5: think it's like this stuffy boring thing no waltzing is hot and you should do it more (laughs) everyone should learn how to do it that's yeah
1: more for me on that subject later in the show
2: (laughs) nothing's hotter than learning
3: (laughs) (laughs) yeah anybody else have any like final thoughts on Crimson Teeth
2: no, I mean, I think, yeah, my take on, like, I, I think, uh, very straight, like, these movies are very, like, fun to think about and talk about. I'd be curious to, like, watch his other stuff that I haven't seen that's, like, less, not campy, but, like, there's, like, a bit of that to Crimson Peak more so than Pan's Labyrinth, uh, specifically. But, like, Pan's Labyrinth, or Pan's Labyrinth, uh, Pacific Rim is, like, similarly, like, you have to just, like, like you were saying earlier, like, you have to be on a slightly, it's, like, it's not going to be... I mean, I don't want to, like, disparage it, like, in complimenting it. But it's, like, it's a movie where giant monsters fight robots. Like, you have to, like, accept that. Like, yeah. it's not going to... You're not going to walk away, like, in tears or whatever, like, at the beauty of it.
5: Or, I mean, yeah, or maybe like, you will. It's maybe like, you
2: will.
4: Yeah.
5: I sure did. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, like,
2: it's, that's the thing. It's, like, these movies are just, like... He's, he's good at making, like, fun movies that, like, cross over. Like, Shape of Water, like, who could have predicted that that would be, like, the big hit, like... Oscar's best picture winner like when it's like a woman falls in love with a fish man that's <laughs> like the conceit of right. movie. It's like they eat eggs together yeah
5: I do think of like a lot of these movies of his as like like Guillermo del Toro doing like X mm-hmm. like yeah Pacific Rim is him doing like anime like uh, right. Crimson Peak is him doing like a gothic romance story yeah. that like you know Hollywood doesn't really make anymore um and then like Pan's Labyrinth obviously is like a fairy tale and then exactly. I guess you know the whole press cycle around um the Shape of Water was, like, he wanted to do, like, his Creature from the Black Lagoon movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, He sort of finds his way into these exactly. things, yeah. like, like yeah. not necessarily mm-hmm. making it the thing, but, like, right. making his yeah. version, right. which I respect. Yeah. Me. I mean, yeah. I love that. that's the, I, right
3: now he is, like, the, the thing he's making right now is a remake of an older film, so that is certainly...
1: right. He's making Pinocchio, right? I mean, P- Pinocchio, but, he, yeah, but he's Nightmare Alley is also, like, based on a film from the 40s. Oh, right,
5: yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's the thing. Like, I'm get like... I don't know a ton about him but I do get, really get the feeling he's a filmmaker where like all of his movies are made to be like the second movie at a double feature that is programmed at like a revival house somewhere <laughs> like where it's like you see like the original and then you see like his like cool take on it and like you you can really like their movies made to be in conversation with other movies. He's, like, a a, a filmmaker who loves the movies, who loves the history of cinema, who can, like, talk your ear off about, like, any director you name and how they did this and that effect and all that. And, like, you feel that in his movies, and they stand great on their own, but I think they really do call out for that sort of, like, engagement of, like, the wider world of film and, like, what he is riffing on. Uh, that that I really do get that impression from them, even through like the four that I yeah, have like seen now. even
3: like yeah. with Pan's Labyrinth, he's spoken, like Spirit of the Beehive, which is like in Mexican movie from the seventies. He's talking about like a very specific reference for a movie he's trying to like emulate in certain amount, certain ways. Crimson Peak, like Rebecca, those those tides. Blade Two is the sec- is the is the sequel to Blade One. <laughs> <laughs>
5: <laughs> yeah, his Blade adaptation, Blade <laughs> Two.
3: <laughs> it's his his take <laughs> on the world of Blade. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then uh, I guess Hellboy, Hellboy, his Hellboy movies, movies I think he clearly is like most inspired by, and he's talked about are just like Terry Gilliam, like Time Bandits, like those sorts of movies, and just like th- that's the energy those sorts of movies have, just like a bunch of weird bureaucracy, and then like. Elves and fairies and stuff, which is cool. Everybody should watch. If, if there's one takeaway from Old Amelia on this episode, everybody should watch Hellboy 2, which is one of the best movies.
5: It's so good. I love that movie. It's never streaming when I want it to be streaming. It's my only criticism of Hellboy 2. Yeah. How <coughs> dare he? <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: so is that it? I guess, yeah. With that, I think, yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like we've, we, we've talked about. Uh, I guess, yeah, anything, there's is, does he I, oh, I guess Crimson Peak opened at Fantastic Fest so, like, it did yeah. have a little festival run. Um, that, that's not a festival we need to talk to sure, about. Um, sure. <laughs> but, uh yeah, I mean, he he does, like I'm like he does sort of jump between those worlds, right, of, like, the festival worlds. Right. But yeah, Shape of the, like, Water was Tiff, worlds. I think,
0: right? Shape of Water yeah. is Venice and Venice Tiff right, and right, yeah, yeah. probably Telluride. Yeah, because at one,
2: yeah, that's crazy, at one Venice. right yep. yeah
5: it's yeah. funny to think of that movie as like a film festival movie yeah
2: right. Yeah. it's such a weird thing
3: yeah he was uh, he was on in 2015 when crimson p came out he was on the can jury not the president but was lower on the totem pole oh, right cool the jury that gave deep the palm of
0: the oh Deepon, well. Wow. <laughs> and then was he the he was the president of the Venice jury the year after uh Shape of Water that gave Roma the Golden lion. Yeah, I lion. think so. Fair play, yeah. Help his bro out. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe.
4: Didn't I'm Yeah, sure, I'm not going
2: to be, like, that. on record accusing, like, whatever nepotism <laughs> between, like, there's some payola between Gokuro and <laughs>
5: We're starting so much drama, director drama. Uh, yeah. Director's this, yeah. <laughs> so, I the mean, I guess Colin
2: full disclosure. For like, directors to fight. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it is extremely late at night for me, so I'm in a loopy mood. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. A bunch of beef involving Guillermo del Toro, the nicest man alive. <laughs> I truly. Yeah. It's like
2: everything about him is like everyone loves him. He's like yeah. the nicest
3: guy. <laughs> it's like, let's start some shit. Yeah, a man who I imagine if you punched, his face would just squish back like Baymax.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. Stab him in the face, though. And who knows? Okay, I know it's spooky ones. Tone it down a little bit. No need to get
3: bloody. Yeah. <laughs> what, a, what? We need to save that for the spooktacular, in which one of us might die. Uh
1: oh! Uh-oh. Jesus! An interesting tease. I will not die in the spooktacular. <laughs> I refuse.
3: What a twist it would be. Um. Yeah. yeah. Jesse, do, do you want to plug in? Right.
0: Well, yeah. Uh, is there anything that you would like to plug, Emma?
5: Um, the director Guillermo del Toro, I think, deserves some recognition on this podcast. Uh, yeah, that's what I'd like to plug.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Great. All right, then uh, you can find us on uh, Twitter at Can I Kick It? Can, spelled like the festival. Uh, you can find us on Letterboxd at C-I-K-I-P-O-D, uh, particularly keep an eye out on the, uh, podcast feed for, we're currently also doing, apart from our Friday episodes, we're doing a bunch of episodes on the New York Film Festival, we have the first one just come out on Monday, probably coming out Mondays, maybe not, uh. We don't know when we're recording them yet. Real professional uh, operation. But yeah. Uh, A real professional operation. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: I'm We're staying maybe... loose and flexible as yeah, the festival yeah. as the yeah, festival of course. Know, needs to be.
0: Uh, yeah, and you can find me on Twitter or Letterboxd at JP Glick Weber, Weber with two B's and uh we haven't I haven't recorded especially a regular episode in a while but I guess I am still in the midst of plugging the 10 best albums of all time so I'm gonna plug this week uh Sufjan Stevens's uh come on feel the Illinois." wonderful album good album about
5: Illinois the state we love Mm
0: -hmm. yes (laughs) Alright, Andy.
5: Yes, my name's Andy.
1: You can find me online at AndyTGerm on Twitter and uh, Letterboxd and other social media platforms uh, wherever you find those. Uh, for my plug this week to continue to balance out uh, Jesse's album plugs with a, a plug of my own, I will be plugging uh, the my Tony Awards performance this week is from 2015, the 69 Tony Awards. Uh, it is The King and I. Uh, with Kelly O'Hara and Ken Watanabe. Um, uh, Kelly O'Hara does uh, Getting to Know You and then uh, Ruthie Ann Miles does uh, a song and then they end with Shall We Dance? Speaking of sexy waltzing earlier, Uh, uh, Ken Watanabe and Kelly O'Hara do like a moment where like he, pull, he pu- puts his hand on her hip and pulls her close to each other and it's the hottest damn thing I've ever seen in my life it's <laughs> so hot uh you gotta watch it it's so so hot um uh, so my that's laptop melted from the Tony yeah. Awards just hearing about it
2: <laughs> yeah sexy it waltzing really
1: really good yes yeah. uh that's my plug uh Cullen uh, yeah, you can follow me
2: on all social media at cladgly, C-L-A-T-C-H-L-E-Y. And for my plug, a mere minutes before we started recording, I finished watching the movie Spree, and it fully rules. Everybody got to watch Spree, Joe Keery, performance of the year, maybe, who can say. I'm not seeing any New York Film Festival movies, so maybe that's why I loved it. Amelia.
3: <laughs> yeah, you can follow me on Letterboxd at i left alone you can follow me on twitter at i am laugh alone uh my plug this week is the same thing i plugged on the bonus episode it's i made a playlist called my lovers rock inspired by lovers rock i got some input from all of my co-hosts and fran hoffner who was on that bonus episode of, of songs to put on the playlist and i released it and people should listen to it because it's the only good thing i've ever made have a good night everybody
2: it's great stuff <laughs> It's good to uh, listen to in the morning while I'm at work. And I'm, uh, you know, who needs coffee when you get love in this club playing in your ears?
5: (laughs) Great song.
0: Uh, uh, Truly wall-to-wall bangers on this playlist. (laughs) (laughs) Jesse? Uh, Yeah, great. Then uh, I will go Oh Yeah, thanks to to Tree Related (laughs) for our theme
3: song. You can find them at SoundCloud.com slash Tree Related or search Tree Related on Spotify. You should check them out.
0: Alright, and then now I can go ahead and release our audience. Bye-bye. Ooh. I was going to do that.
4: <laughs> Bye. This time
1: is coming under those now. All the clubs are being closed down.